You're listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here at the Pines, and I'm so excited and we are honored, humbled, that you decided to carve out 25 minutes, 35 minutes and change to study God's word with us. And for those of you that are joining for the very first time, we are in the middle of a series on identity. And we started that series off by really focusing in on God because we can't understand who we are until we understand who he is. Because the Bible says that we were made in his image and likeness. And so anytime that we approach God, we need to make sure. Um, I think the world has made the mistake of having a casual approach in, in looking and viewing God. In other words, we've almost tried to return the favor of, a, of him making us in his image by trying to make him in ours. We've tried to put God inside of a box, okay? But God doesn't fit inside of any box. He is outside of time. He is outside of science, okay? Why? Because he created those things. So he's in them and he's outside of them. He is the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end of all things. Our mind can't grasp the concept that he always was and he always is, and he will always be. And so the Bible instructs us that we are to approach God with the fear of the Lord. Now that just throws so many people off because they think, what, so I'm supposed to be afraid of God? I'm supposed to be scared of God? That is not what that means at all. You can't be in an intimate relationship with somebody you're afraid of. Rather, it's speaking of two words that we don't hear a lot in our society, a reverential awe, reverence and awe. We are to have a reverence and awe in viewing God. And as we view God in awe and reverence, then we understand he made us in his image. The Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. He he wasn't scared when he made us, but we were made in reverence. So that gives us a clue and understanding, a peek into the window of how he created us because we were made in his image and likeness. It'll blow you away. And then we studied his attribute that really holds all the other attributes of God, his holiness, which means to be set apart, to be set above. It literally speaks to him being other. In other words, we can't compare anything to God because God is outside of all of those things. And then we talked about that God is righteous and that we, by having a relationship with God, the foundation of our is our relationship with God are righteous. The first time we find righteous in scripture is when Abram believed God and it was counted to him as righteous. So regardless of what you did in your past, regardless of the dirt that's back there, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are reborn or a popular word in the church. We are born again. We, we dove into some of those scriptures last week. We are in right standing with God. We are righteous because of him, not because of anything we did or we didn't do, but because of our relationship with God and believing and, and submitting to him as the Lord of our lives. We are justified instantly in that moment meaning that we are declared righteousness, okay? Our sin is as far as the east is to the west. When we repent, we let go of it. 
and we, we turn away from it and we embrace the truth of God's word and we are reborn. So all that, and the enemy will spend all of his trying time, his time trying to remind you of all that dirt that you did. But again, God says, man, I can't even remember it. It's as far as the east is to the west. That is cut off. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have a new life, which means you need to learn to walk. You need to learn to hear. You need to learn to see in a different way. That's why scripture tells us, have eyes to see and ears to hear. Well, we all have eyes. We all have ears. So Jesus isn't talking about that. What he's talking about is now that you've been reborn, you need to learn to look at the world the way that I see it. And you need to learn to hear the things that are going on in your world the way that I hear them. And so in a way, because we've been born again, we've been reborn, okay, we're going through that that period of trying to discover how to do these things. I have six kids, you know that, and we have a five-month-old at home. And uh, he's super cute, um, and he's learning to hold his head up. And his new thing is he's rolling over. So he's learning to do these things. He can only hold his head up for so long, and then he pushes it down. And I watch him, and he's, he's kind of talking. He's, he's more like squawking. He kind of screeches. I call him a, a little pterodactyl because he's always like, and so, but he's learning to do all of these things. He's learning to spin over. He's learning to use his voice. And many of us, as we've become new creations in Christ Jesus, we're, we know how to speak, but we don't know how to speak in heaven's language. Does that make sense? So we're rediscovering these things. So what identity is so important to God, understanding who we are. Why? Because we often live out who we believe we are. So if, if the, our understanding of who we are is perverted, is tainted, then we'll live out a perverted and tainted life. That's why we spent the majority of this study focusing in on God so that we could truly understand our identity, our heritage, our lineage as sons and daughters of God. Because the Bible literally says that, beloved, now we are sons and daughters of God. And it goes on to say that we are co-heirs, we are heirs, not only heirs, but co-heirs with Christ, speaking of Jesus. So we are in the family of Faith, regardless if you had of what side of the tracks you were you were brought up on or what your family looked like up until this point, you have been adopted into a new family. You have a new father, a heavenly father, and you are a son and daughter of a king. Therefore, we are royalty and we are to carry ourselves in royalty, not in poverty, not with a slave mentality. So we have to unlearn some things that have been crammed on us, and we need to learn some things of what Scripture says that we are now. And so identity, it's so important that we focus on that because it always comes before our calling and giftings that, that, that we may have. Um, but let me state this from the beginning. God cares more about who you are becoming than what you are doing. 
Okay, so God is interested in who you are becoming, and you are becoming a son, you are a son of God, but you're, you're excavating that purpose and that vision out at, in heaven out of your hearts, because the Bible says he's put eternity inside of our hearts. I know I'm covering a lot of ground, but I want to, I want to, it's important that I share this because many of you haven't been along this journey, and you may say, what the heck is he talking about? So I'm rehashing some of this stuff, but I think that it's important. That being said, I want all of you to know and to understand that you are all created on purpose for a purpose. So your life has meaning, it has intrinsic value, it has a purpose behind it. You weren't meant to live your life aimlessly, you know, just trying to get a job, trying to make it in this world to survive. You are meant to thrive. Okay, and that's important for you to understand. So not only has God given you a purpose, but he's equipped you for that purpose with the gifts that you will need. And that's what we're going to talk about today, that you are gifted. Your part of your identity is that God has placed gifts on the inside of you that you will need to fulfill the calling and the purpose that he placed on your life. He's given us abilities um, that he wants us to use to advance his kingdom. And we see this in Ephesians 2.10. It says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You know, there's some, uh, you know, I've, I've seen people post this in a meme and, and even preach this, you know, we're, well, we're, we're human beings, not human doings. And that's true. We don't find our identity, our value in what we do. Absolutely true statement. However, Ephesians clearly tells us that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good work. So there's a calling and a purpose placed on your life. And as I've spent 20 years in full-time ministry, one of the number one questions whenever I'm visiting a church or ministry, or scratch that, even anybody in the world, one of the questions I get as a pastor is, what are my gifts and what should I be doing? Like, I don't know what I'm good at. And I don't even know how I find out what I'm good at. And I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. So if you have those same questions, you're in the right place because we're going to dive into that over the next few minutes. Now, I want to say this before we go any further. There is no formula. There is no perfect three-point sermon where you're going to be able to take these things and just say, okay, I just do this, this, and this. And therefore, I get my identity. I get my gifting. Okay, it's a journey. And it looks different for each and every single human being. But the Bible has a lot to say about these subjects. And we're going to dive into that. And that's part of the beauty of serving God is it's a mystery. Okay? Because no two human beings are alike. So every single person's experience is unique. Yes, there are core truths, fundamental truths. There are foundational truths in our lives. But God gave us and set out before us an adventure for each one of us to explore and pioneer as we excavate that purpose and calling of what we're meant to do here on this side of eternity. And so I'm going to dive into uh, 
Psalm 92.13 because I think Scripture shows us that this is the best place for us to discover our gifts and our purpose. And the Bible says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. That word planted is so important. God has called you to plant yourself in a church. And the Bible says, if you plant, you will flourish, meaning you will grow into your destiny. Do you know that it's a fact that if I take a, I don't even know if there is, a banana seed for a banana tree and I plant it in the ground, that it won't grow into a mango tree? Okay, it has to grow into what is inside of it. So if we plant ourselves in the church, the church is the, is the soil, then our purpose, we will we'll just grow into it. The problem is a lot of people hop from church to church to church. And so therefore their roots never fully go down deep. You know what happens to a plant if you keep on repotting it? its root system, it'll start to dwarf. And if you continue to do it, you can actually kill the plant. So I believe that the Holy Spirit has one church for you to be a part of until he transitions or until there's a new season for you to go somewhere else. But I don't believe there's like new church this week, new church next week, new church next year. I believe God wants you to, to plant for a significant season. Why? Because the Bible says God sets the members in the body as he pleases, not as we please. I don't personally believe that we get to choose where we go to church. I don't personally believe that. I believe that we invite the Holy Spirit into that and God will show us eyes to see, ears to hear the church that we were meant to lay our lives down, that we were meant to plant in so that we can grow into our destiny. But you know what really got my attention on that scripture? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. That word flourish, okay? That's not a word we use very often. I know flourishing is typically like talking about vegetation and uh, forests and flowers. But I I looked up that word and I want you to hear this, okay? Because again, using this vernacular to give you an image, to, to provide this imagery of how you can grow into your purpose, into your destiny. Flourish means this, to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a favorable environment. So, big takeaway. I am here to tell you that the favorable environment for you to grow in your purpose, in your destiny, in your calling, is the local church. Not only will you grow in a healthy manner, but you will grow in a vigorous manner. That's what the definition of flourish is. So that is a promise in God's word that you can stand on. I'm speaking to all the people out there that do not know what they were meant to do. I am here to tell you, Psalm 92:13, plant yourself in the local church and your purpose and your destiny will come. It's it's just going to you're just going to grow into it just like that banana tree is going to grow into being a banana tree. A banana seed, banana tree. You got me. Okay? Paul affirms this truth that we all have a place and we all have giftings or the fruit of us flourishing 
in Romans. So let's go ahead and check this out. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, okay, so this is my body, I have a lot of members, I have all my fingers, my toes, my nose, ears, I have a lot of members, okay, for just as each body has many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body, okay, so there's one church body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts, Okay? Didn't say some of us have. We have. Every single one of you has a gifting on your life. Every single member attached to the body has a specific gift. And it goes on to say, according to the grace given to each of us. So now all of us have grace to exercise this gift. What is grace? God's divine empowerment that takes us beyond our natural ability to exercise this gift that God gave us. I can't give you a gift to sing. I can't give you a gift to write. I can't give you a gift to be athletic or artistic or in the medical community. Okay, God has given you those gifts. I can help sharpen them, but God has given you the gift and then he provides you the grace to go beyond what you're capable of in your limited scope of your natural body. According to the grace given to us, each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do so diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, I want to I I highlight something that Paul was illuminating in Romans, that we are all members of the same body, okay? I was just sharing with you. I have a lot of members. I have fingers. I have toes. I have a nose. I have ears, okay? I want you to think about that. And, and Paul is making the uh, correlation that the body is like the church. So just like I have a lot of members that do a lot of different things, the church has a lot of members, people, that have a lot of different giftings and a lot of different functions, okay? So how weird would it be if my thumb, okay, wanted to be my eyes, okay? So my eye said, the, 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 the thumb said, you know, I want to be the one to see. You get compliments on your eyes. I have hazel eyes, by the way, just in case you're noticing, you wanted to know. And my thumb said, I want to be the eyes. So I'm going to look for our body right now. Well, my thumb can't do that. My, my thumb doesn't have a lens. My thumb can't perceive what's in front of it, okay? That's ridiculous, okay? But what's the, what's the takeaway there? Some of us, okay, have certain giftings, but we're looking and coveting somebody else's gifting, and we're trying to be them, and we're wasting all this time. My thumb can work out every single day, can, 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 can want and can pray to try to be an eye. It'll never be an eye. It'll never be able to do what my eyes do. Okay, so each, but I need my thumb. Okay, how am I gonna play video games and beat my sons? Okay, I need my thumbs. How am I gonna type? Okay, how am I gonna arm wrestle? How am I gonna play, give you a thumbs up? I need my thumbs, but I need my eyes. And they serve different functions, but they're both important. I need my thumbs and I need my eyes. Okay, so the same is true in the body of Christ. We need people with different giftings. We need people to prophesy. We need people to give. We need people to, to be hospitable. 
We need people to pray. We need people to teach. We need people to, to build. We need all of these different skills. So don't be a builder and looking at a in looking at the teacher, and don't be a teacher looking at the prophesier, and don't be the prophesier looking at the person that's that's gifted towards hospitality. Okay? We each have gifts, and the body of Christ needs those gifts, just like my body needs a thumb and it needs eyes. Okay? And it's also important to make, I'm just going to share one more thing in regards to that, okay? There are parts of my body, members of my body that you can see, and then there are members that you can't see, okay? And did you know that the ones that you can't see are often more important than the ones that you can see? Because the reality is, I can live without my thumb. I can. It would be difficult, but I could live without my thumb. I could actually live without my eyes. Again, it would be difficult, but I could live without my eyes. I can't live without my liver. You take away my liver, I'm dead. Okay, so there are gifts and there are members in the church that we absolutely need. And often we don't respect and value and honor those gifts because they're not a thumb. They're not the eyes, okay? They're not the biceps that everybody goes, ooh, big biceps. Actually, nobody says that to me. But my wife used to back in the day. I'm trying to get back to that place where she notices my biceps again, so pray for me. But um, there are certain parts of our bodies that get attention, and then there are other parts that don't. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the parts that get attention are the most important. Does that make sense? So I'm just going to let that one breathe, okay? I'm just going to let that leave that one with you. So we have to find out what part of the body we are, and, and we have to find out what our giftings are. And I said we, need to, we do that by planning in the local church, and we'll grow into those things. But it's also by moving. We have to move. In other words, we have to plant in the church. That's, an, in, that's a deliberate decision, and we need to lay our lives down. We have to serve, okay? So when you plant a seed, the seed actually breaks, and that, which causes the life to come forth. So the seed actually dies in order for the life that's inside of it to be able to come forth. So we need to lay our lives down and serve in the church. It's not enough to just come to church on a Sunday morning. It's definitely not enough to listen or watch church while you're on the road. We were meant to do life together. Do not forsake the assembling of the saints. Wouldn't it be weird if my thumb just wanted to go live across the room? It can't do that. It's connected to me. So if my thumb just decided, hey, I'm just not going to function today, I would be in trouble. I would be trying to pick this up like this, okay? So even though all my faculties are here, just my thumb not working, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to, do, to go throughout my day. And then when you don't show up to church, when you don't show up and lay your life down and serve, okay, the church is trying to function without a thumb or without eyes or maybe even without a liver. So we need every single one of you to be connected, to be a part of the church. You know, the old adage, the last time I saw it, like 20% of the people in the church do 100% of the work. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it for especially the places that we are going. It's a dark and lost and dying world. We are the hope. We carry the hope. I'm not the hope. We carry the hope. The local church, we carry the hope of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news. And so we need everyone to be on mission. This isn't the pastor's job, the worship pastor's job. It's every single one of our job. We need all the members, okay? Um. Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord rather than people. So whatever you do, do it with 
all of your heart. Look, I've lived enough life to know that if you cut corners in the small things, when the trials of life comes, you are gonna resort back to what you are comfortable doing, which means cutting corners. And so we build the discipline of excellence. We build the discipline um, in the small things so that way when the big things come our way, we resort back to what we're familiar with. And so we are to serve as unto the Lord. You say, well, it's hard to serve people. It is. It's super hard to serve people. I had no idea until I became a pastor. It's hard. First of all, you got to deal with all my feelings and stuff that I'm going on, and then you got to deal with other people's feelings. It's messy. Relationships are messy. You're not always going to feel like it. But this is what helps me, and this is what shapes my vision, and this is what shapes my day. Every day I start out by saying, the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 139, 16, that every moment of my life was recorded before a single day passed. You literally have a path for me today. And I want to serve you to the best of my ability. Everything I do is for you. And so, Lord, help me to keep that focus. Help me to keep my eyes fixed on you, the author and finisher of my faith. When no one else is in the room, and it would be very simple for me to cut corners because I have somewhere else to go, I'm reminded that I'm not alone, that, God, you are with me. And so I'm not going to cut those corners because I'm not working for the people that I'm going to go meet in an hour. I'm working for the Lord. I'm working as unto the Lord. And so I'm going to do everything to the best of my ability. And by doing that, I strengthen those gifts, okay? And I help excavate those things because I'm putting eternity in front of me. I want to I want to kind of end in with this scripture, 1 Peter 4:10. Okay? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve one another as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So again, we stewards God, we steward God's grace. It's his divine empowerment to operate in our gifts, and our gifts are not meant for us. They're meant to serve others. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. There's that tie-in again. We're working as unto the Lord. We recognize that when we open our mouths, we're ambassadors of Christ. We, we understand when we open up our homes in the gift of hospitality, um, we represent the king of the universe, okay? If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides them so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Here's the big takeaway. Your gifts, your calling, they're not just for you. In fact, they are meant to serve others. They are meant to advance the kingdom of heaven. In this way, we help fulfill the second commandment. Okay, to love our neighbor as our self. The world, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of close with this. Okay. The world needs you. Okay. Actually, let me scratch that. The world needs you. People need you because your world can be this like nebulous idea, like this, this like ethereal, I can't quite touch it. The world needs me. Sure it does. No, people need you. There are people out there right now 
that need you. They need your gifting. They need to hear what you have to say. They need the gift that God has equipped you with. You are important. Your life matters. It has value to others that are in this world, that are sharing the same space. And you, your life, was meant to shine a unique facet of God's righteousness and glory that, quite frankly, no one that has ever walked the earth and no one that ever will walk the earth will be able to shine the way that you can shine operating in the gift that God has given you, pointing people to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why this is so important, that you understand your purpose, that you understand your giftings, because we are advancing the kingdom of heaven and people have yet to hear the good news. And often our lives are the only Bibles that people are going to read. And so we were meant to live in a lost and dying world, carrying the words of eternal truth and to be a light and light up the darkness. Your life matters. It matters to people. I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every single person under the sound of my voice, watching this, listening to this. God, I pray that you would expand their understanding of why they were placed on this earth, that you would help them locate and find a church that they can plant in, that you would help them excavate the purpose that you placed on the inside of them, that you would show them how to find and discover and then walk in the giftings that you have placed and to multiply those giftings and that you would show them how to serve the needs of the people around them, changing and impacting their sphere of influence. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory because all of this is about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. I'm fired up. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.